Do you love the X-Men movies? What about the comics? Did you sit on the living room floor wrapped in a blanket eating cereal when the X-Men cartoons were on? Now's your chance to join my co-hosts and I as we dissect the movies chapter by chapter. We'll talk comics, cartoons, and video games. If it's even tangentially related to the X-Men, we'll be talking about it. So come join us and our outstanding guests as we traverse the many X-Men universes. Find us at xminutespodcast.com or a podcatcher of your choice by searching for X Minutes Podcast. Excelsior! That's a growler. Welcome back to Beauty and the Beastly Minute, the podcast where we break down and analyze Beauty and the Beast. One magic mirror at a time. I'm Bobby from Growler Media. And I'm Janae. And we are your hosts for Beauty and the Beastly Minute. And today we are going to be talking about Minute 63, which starts off with Belle and the Beast walking onto the balcony to the final notes of the song Beauty and the Beast and ends with Belle saying, Papa! As she looks into the magic mirror. What was that again, Bobby? Papa! Wait, one more time. I'm not sure I caught it. <laughs> Papa! <laughs> oh, this is a good minute. It is, but it's... While I was preparing for it, I was like, oh, man, this is so intense. But then I was like, well, there's not really like a ton going on here at the same time. <laughs> well, yeah, there is, but there isn't. Yeah. There's a lot of subtext in this minute. Yes, the sneakiness. Well, subtext isn't necessarily sneaky. Subtext is just the underlying yeah. meaning behind what people are doing. So I've heard it both ways. Uh, <laughs> sure you have. Uh, well, the very first thing that I thought of when I watched this minute was the shooting star is so magical. Shooting star. I don't know why that was so magical or why I like that so much, but I do. Yeah, that was my first note as well. Imagine that. Followed promptly by, they are both so awkward. You think I so? I mean, Beast... Beast more so than Belle. Right. But they go and they sit down and they're all like happy lovey-dovey and then Beast gets kind of nervous. And I can't tell if Belle is nervous or if she's just kind of trying to like fiddle with her dress and do stuff while she's letting Beast be nervous and get over that. Well, but it's kind of awkward. Okay. I guess I kind of had a little bit of a different take on this part of the scene. Um, Because so, well, f before that, I thought it was very gentlemanly how he walked and how he like carried himself like with his right hand behind his back as he escorted her. And then oh, yeah. like how he like gives her his hand as she sits down. I was very impressed with his manners here, I guess. That was very gentlemanly. And then I felt like this minute, I felt like she was being very flirty. Like she kind of gave him this yeah. look like, I don't know any other way to describe it, but a flirty look. Like it's her way of encouraging him without saying, hey, like, you know, like a girl has yeah. to do, which really She's difficult. using her body language. <laughs> That's the wrong movie. <laughs> <laughs> But I love how human he is here because, I mean, even though he is awkward, I guess awkward wasn't the word that I thought. I felt like he was very nervous and mm. which I guess does translate to awkwardness many times. I felt like he was nervous and then he was using the time while she was like fiddling with her dress to figure out 
how to say what he knew he needed to say because everything, the curse, everyone's fate rests on this evening, basically, and what he says Mm -hmm. and how it goes. And so not only is there the nervous awkwardness of being on a first date, but also that weight of knowing how important it is and like the fears maybe of what if I get it wrong, you know? Mm-hmm. And he does this little like neck rub thing. Did you notice that? Yeah. It's kind of like he he like strokes his fur slash rubs his neck. Okay. I saw that and I was like, that looks so familiar. And when I see that, I always think, oh, that's a nervous guy action. But then I thought, I don't feel like I've ever seen a real guy do that. It's just like when I see it, that's what my brain interprets it as. Mm-hmm. And it's because Aladdin does the same thing. In Aladdin. Do you remember? Do you know what I'm talking about? Where he's like talking about that Jasmine. Really familiar. He's talking about Jasmine to the genie and he's like saying all how pretty and perfect she is. And he like gets all shy about it and does this like little neck thingy. I don't. Yeah. I was like, seriously, that's got to be a Disney thing. I don't know that I've ever seen anywhere else do that but i thought that was yeah interesting. i really want to look it up now yeah like who who animated who was the lead animator on uh Ooh, for aladdin i don't know look it up i'm trying i'm trying um and i feel like when she ruffles her dress during this part that's kind of her way to me i thought of course maybe i'm giving her way more credit than she deserves i don't know but like you know how sometimes <laughs> you just like try and give the other person a minute to collect themselves because you can tell they're feeling uncomfortable so you yeah. just are like you find something to do to give them a minute to collect themselves i felt kind of that's like what she was doing because she's very she seems very relaxed to me and she like just has a relaxed smile and kind of you know doesn't seem tense in her shoulders or her body or anything it's mostly beast to me but at the same time as soon as he like takes her hands and like scoots closer to her and starts talking to her even he seems to relax because i think that they've built that friendship up that i would think it's like most romantic relationships that start with friendship where i mean you're nervous because you are trying to take it to the next level but at the same time you're not because you know that person and you trust that person and you can talk to that person so i like how he kind of relaxes into it in a way as well too once he like overcomes his the way he's like overthinking it maybe yeah yeah that's a good that's a good explanation i don't know you're you're a guy. What do you think? I, I like it. I mean, that makes more sense, I guess, than than what I was saying. Like, I agree with what you said because you said it better than I thought I of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a girl I overthink. But yeah, things. he's 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 just nervous because I mean, they have they've already been doing like all these romantic things and they've shown interest in each other and this is just a new situation that he hasn't been in before. Right. So he's kind of nervous to continue what they've been doing in a new situation. And so she's giving him time. But then at the same time, she is like, I mean, she's just kind of sitting there with her dress, but she's being, like you said, pretty flirty um yeah. in how she how she acts. It's subtle, but it's there. And uh, I was talking to Carrie about this part of the movie and she's like Belle's dress is it's pretty I mean it's not like super revealing but it's I mean kind of revealing <laughs> yeah it's a it's a little skimpy Very but cut. exactly it's like all her shoulders are out there the pretty low and then here she's like all being like all <laughs> moving <in> around <laughs> yeah 
And so, like, at one point, Beast is looking at her and he's got, like, he's just, like, glued to looking at her. And then he gets all embarrassed because she's all, like, being <laughs> Belle. And, and then he looks away and that's when he gets embarrassed and he's like, okay, I got to do this. And then, then he moves in and gets closer and they start to talk and hold hands and stuff. And I really liked how after he gets over that and he moves in close, like, he moves his hand slash paw towards her and then she automatically goes in and grabs his, his hands. Like, there's not an awkwardness there. They just both kind of move together. So right. I liked that. Yeah, I love that. And since you brought up the dress... I was like, it's in this scene where I just felt like her dress looked like it was so low cut. Yeah. And I was like, is that like historically accurate? I don't know. <laughs> like, why did they do that? And so I tried to do some research and I feel like the dresses that I found that are more like off the shoulder low cut like that were more like from the 1600s, not the 1700s, mm. which... The 1700s definitely had very low cut um, in the front, but they didn't completely bare the shoulders like that. Right. It was more like on like the very edge of the shoulders. And so it's still like down rather than like being straight across completely off the shoulders, which I found one or two pictures from the 1600s that were like that. And then you get into the later later, later years, more like the mid-1800s, where they once again had some, like, off-the-shoulder stuff like that. But mm. I thought that was very interesting, and it's only in this part where I feel like it's just very drastically low. Yeah, and it's weird because before Carrie mentioned that, I had never thought of this dress as being revealing or, or low cut or anything. It's just right. like, oh, Belle's yellow dress. Then she kind of mentioned it and I was like, whoa, yeah, like this is, this dress is a little intense. Well, like, I just feel like that would be, <laughs> I don't know how to say what I want to say without sounding <laughs> weird, but basically that just seems like a really uncomfortable dress to wear because I would think you'd be hiking it up the whole time, but she's not, so. <laughs> But it's an animated movie, so that's probably why. <laughs> well, and she seems very comfortable in it. Yeah. For someone that's probably never worn a dress like that ever, uh, she doesn't seem to be bugging her at all. Or, you know, she she fits very well into it, which I guess is part of the whole they've grown into this and they're now comfortable with who they are and their relationship. Right. But that doesn't mean she has to be comfortable in that dress. So I feel like it might have been kind of nice to see her, like, I don't know, fiddle with it a little more, being like, hey, I'm not used to being this nice. Right. But maybe that's... That's just me. <laughs> I did find, surprise, surprise, I wanted to guess, but I decided I should look it up, that the the supervising animator for Aladdin is the same as Beast, which what? is Glenn Keane, the legendary. Ah, Glenn Keane. That's, that's, I'm, okay, I'm a little impressed with myself that I caught that <laughs> between those two different characters from two different movies that I had no idea were animated by the same person. In. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty good catch. Hopefully, we'll have him on and we'll see if uh, we'll see if he uh, says anything about that. We'll bring it up. <laughs> Be like, Janae caught it. She's on I to you. I caught it. Use the, same, use the same motions for everybody. I figured you <laughs> out. But yeah, I mean... I guess it's not that surprising since he's pretty much the supervising animator on like all the lead characters and <laughs> like most of the Disney animated movies. Uh, but 
Still pretty cool. Yeah. Good catch. Good catch. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, I was going to say one more thing on the dress. It wasn't really in my notes, but I was looking into the screenplay a little more. And the the lady that wrote the screenplay is Linda Wolverton. And so it was a pretty big deal because she was like the first woman to write like a screenplay that Disney used in like a full movie and that went on to get a, a bunch of acclaim and stuff. And right. she's become like this big screenplay writer and so she wrote like the beauty and the beast lion king maleficent all these movies that have been pretty big hits she did a lot of the screenplays on them but beauty and the beast was the first one anyway we could get into that later more if you want but uh, i was reading an interview that she did with someone um when the when the new version was coming out and they're like hey we had some unanswered questions so we wanted to see and they're like a lot of people wonder like where did bell's yellow dress come from where where did she get it and linda was like well you know it might have been like the wardrobe's dress and since she turned into a wardrobe she couldn't wear it anymore Aww. and i didn't really like that version i mean it was it was a pretty like wishy-washy answer like oh i don't know i've never thought about it maybe it's the wardrobes right but, but it doesn't make sense like why would the wardrobe have that nice of a dress yeah i don't think so yeah but a lot of cool stuff about uh about linda wolverton so maybe we'll get into that in another episode yeah that sounds good. So the next thing I have was about second 23 of this minute where he asks, Belle, are you happy here? And she says, yes. And then they both look in opposite directions, but you mm -hmm. can still see both their faces. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was a very clever way to do it. And I, I mean, of course you see that he's like, yeah, okay. And then she gets this sad look. And then he like turns and sees that she's sad. But um, yeah, I just really liked the way that they did that to show the different inner monologues that are going on between them or in themselves, I guess not between. Um, but he noticed. I liked that he noticed that she was upset about something, and he wasn't just oblivious <laughs> to her distraughtness. That's not a word, but. <laughs> Her distress. There we go. That's right. Yes. There you distress. go. Uh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. I'm reading my notes. Okay. Did you have another note about that or do you want me to keep going? I feel like I'm doing lots of talking. My next note is at 43. Oh, I mean, okay. I have, I have one that's that just that I really like uh, pretty much what you said. Like I like how their their movements and their faces are really conveying what they're thinking internally and so we can read them very easily and you know i like the exchange that's going on between them that like you said beast caught on to us that something's wrong and she wants to be happy that she's there but she still has this nagging thing in the back of her mind that she can't really say yes i'm happy here like completely yeah i i really liked what they did to like how she was missing her dad um yeah i know that sounds weird but I liked that they, the way they did it, that they didn't make her resentful or angry or even like on the verge of like crying and bursting into tears because mm -hmm. she just said that she missed her father. I mean, it's just a matter of fact. She has missed her father yeah. the whole time. Let's be real. And I think the way that she says it is a sign of how she has changed because she doesn't seem real. She doesn't seem unhappy to be there. She doesn't regret right. being there, I think, anymore. She's pretty satisfied with being there in her life that she's created with him. But, and she doesn't really have this craving for adventure anymore, it seems like. Because I think that would come out if he was like, are you happy here? And she's like, 
Actually, I want adventure in the great wide somewhere. <laughs> right? <laughs> but she doesn't. She's just like, yes. And then she realizes, oh, well, I mean, there is this one thing that kind of is making me sad. And yeah. um, it. I like that um, she has this satisfaction in her life, but her value is still placed on her father and her family. And it was from the beginning and that that hasn't changed. That hasn't changed, but she's changed. And yeah. that even though she may not want to go back to the life that she had, but there is a person back there that she loves, that she thinks about, you know, it's, it's a difference between loving what she had before and loving who she had before. Yeah. Well, and it's got to be hard for her. For us, I mean, we kind of forget about about Maurice, I think most people do, at least in this part of the movie, you know, he's out there somewhere looking for her. We have that in the back of our minds, but he's pretty much the only person she really had a strong connection with for the 17 years or whatever. Right. And all of a sudden he's gone and obviously she's going to miss him. She's going to miss talking to him and, you know, just being there with him every day. That was the only person she really hung out with. That was right. her family. That was everything. Yeah. So I know at least I tend to forget that getting wrapped up in the story of Belle and Beast and her finding out about all these new things and the enchantments and stuff and so you get caught up in the fun and the excitement of it and then you forget oh yeah like she she's has a away family. from her home for the first time <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 and there's lots of homesickness that goes along with being away from your home for the first time for an extended period of time you know moving especially away. for teenagers yeah yeah and then he has this total guy moment, which I love, which, and I don't mean this in a bad way. So what I'm going to say is like totally, I think is awesome about guys is that he is going to solve her problem <laughs> because he, he's not like, I think women get upset with guys for solving their problems when they're not listening, but he is listening to her. So he does not get that bad rap in my book. <laughs> he is considering what her needs are and he listens to her and then he's like i can fulfill and satisfy that need and uh, i love that he does that it's such a manly thing to do awesome <laughs> i think i think yeah i like how excited he gets about it he's like oh wait I can do something about this. Yeah. Well, and you know, we give Lumiere so much credit for like the library idea, but this is totally all beast. Like this brilliant idea of figuring out how she can see her father is all his idea. And I love that. Love, love. At the same time, though, I mean, it's really not that great. In the moment, it's like, oh, yeah, I have this magic mirror that can show you your dad. You said you wanted to see him again. You can see him again. At the same time, Beast is the one that trapped her there and is keeping her prisoner. And like he could say, hey, since we're hunky dory now, like you're no longer my prisoner, but I'd love for you to stay and we can bring your dad here to live with us. Well, he could said that <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I don't know why he didn't think of that. I mean, obviously, this is like the momentary, oh, let, let her see him. But like in real life, it probably would have been like, why, why wouldn't you just bring him? Just say, hey, let's go get him and bring him home. <laughs> and maybe maybe if she had seen Maurice in the mirror and he was, you know, at home and everything was all right, then that would have eventually happened instead of what did happen. But I guess we'll never know. Why didn't he offer to go with her to get him? He could yeah, have done that, too. I mean, oh, he's possibly dying. He is in the wood. He's lost and alone and i have to go get him oh my goodness i'll come with you let's go get him and save him <laughs> i mean it's not that hard <laughs> i might have an answer to that in that before we talked about 
how it's possible that part of the curse is that Beast can't leave the castle grounds. Oh, well, but he did to save her from the wolves. But then he got like super weak and passed out. Because he fought the wolves. Well, we don't know how far he actually got off of like the castle grounds either. Oh, we don't know how I mean, far Maurice is either. <laughs> yeah. But then there's there's another part to that, which I'll get to at the end here, because I want to I wanna read some of the screenplay that, I mean, it's obviously a, a little different, but it, I kind of like how it talks about this section of the movie mm. and kind of a few explanations that it gives of things. Interesting. Interesting. So uh, my next note is when he's showing her the mirror, like before it gets all magic, he's just like showing it and you can see her face in it. He's got the top of it held in one hand and his pinkies lifted up all fancy like. <laughs> so his, you know, like when you drink a, you drink a, a drink and you got your pinky. Yeah, your pinky Bing. lifted up. So his, his etiquette lessons are really kicking in. <laughs> I love that. Oh, I feel like she's so pretty in this minute. I mean, aside yeah. from the low cut dress, like her face and her hair and even her dress, like she's just like really pretty and really bell in this minute in particular, I feel like. I don't yeah. know why. I don't know why, but she's got lots they of close-ups. definitely put some focus on it. Yeah, because she's got lots of close-ups. She's got to look mm-hmm. good. And her eyes, like uh, when she's looking at the mirror and it starts shining in her face and she gets all squinty-eyed, you can really see a lot of... The, the same like her face has the same feel to it that ariel's has in, in different parts of the little mermaid really yeah what like if you just look at the eyes it's like oh yeah i can see some ariel in there <sighs> She's so pretty. i did like how uh well i guess i don't know if i did like it but it's is the light like a burst of energy that is like hey I'm being activated and have to go across time, space, whatever, and get the image of whatever you're <laughs> wanting. Tardis. And it's a blinding burst of energy, and that's why it blinds her? Or is it more like, I'm checking my cell phone at night, in the middle of the night, and it blinds me because I'm not used to how bright it is? <laughs> I don't know. Well, it's got this weird, like, green lightning zappy stuff. Yeah. I don't it's know. It's pretty cool. It's creepy. I mean, why did they decide, like, that green-yellow color? Because it's... Magic? Creepy? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I feel like I read something about how Disney uses green for like villains a lot. Oh, yeah. So maybe this is like, hey, it's not a villain per se, but it is part of the curse that's kind of like, Ooh, you know, okay, the I like bad that. part of the, the story. Oh, I like it. Poor Maurice. He lost he his loses map. He loses his map <laughs> and his hat. He loses everything in this minute. His oh. hope. He, he, like, would have hypothermia, I'm convinced, because his head is not covered, his face is not covered, his arms are not covered, his hands are not covered, like, and that wind is It's time is to roll down your blowing. sleeves. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Poor guy. Yeah, it's pretty intense. Also, did you notice, like, her hand that's, like, holding the back of the mirror that, like, looks weird and brown, yellow, creepy looking? Uh, I see her hand, but uh, the colors are kind of... Wait, is that in the next minute too? (laughs) Well, okay, I guess it's in the next minute that I noticed it, but you can still (laughs) see it a little bit. No, it is at the end. Wait, come back. Let me find the second. Bring back to us. Where is it? Okay, it's at second 58. Okay, I'm looking at 58. I see her hand. You see her hand? I don't know why. It just looks really creepy to me. (laughs) Hmm. I don't know why either. I mean, her fingers are very pointed. They are. Maybe because it's like a flatter it's like, like texture than we're used to. Well, it's and very it's 2D. weird because like, I think it's probably the color contrast because her gloves are gold, but uh-huh. the 
light is like this yellow green and they just look really bad together i guess you know it'd be really cool what? if you had like a halloween costume but you made the mirror and it was like real like made the prop and it had like lightning going around it you somehow got like a like a tesla coil built into it so it was like all zappy and stuff that'd be pretty sweet i think i know what your daughter's gonna want to do next year this year (laughs) this year for halloween get ready bobby yeah Well, my last note on the minute is about the screenplay. So if you have anything else, you should go first. Nope, I'm I'm good. Let's hear it. Lay it on me. Okay, so I'm not sure how much to do because I started reading it. And I was like, man, this is awesome. But it kind of goes like back into the ballroom scene. But I was like, well, Janae wasn't here to talk about that. So maybe it'd be <laughs> all right to talk about. Sure. So um, this is from page uh, 68 of the, the screenplay. And so we jump in here. And we're in the Humans Again song. This is, you know, back Humans when it was originally again, in the movie. We're human again, when we're knickknacks and whatnots no more. Yes, that is the song. <laughs> in case y'all couldn't remember the movie that just took us like 10 <laughs> minutes to get through 10 episodes. Okay, not literally, but it felt like it. So yeah, I was uh, I was reading through this. And first off, I mean, we read some of it back when Belle was exploring the castle. And I just really loved the writing of it. And that's one that kind of what got me into looking into into the who who wrote it. And finding some background information on her because it's it's so good. I mean, it's such a good story. I just want to read it on its own just for fun. But it's also kind of cool that I haven't. I don't remember where I found this screenplay, but it's like a scanned version that they used, and so it has like some handwritten notes on the sides and stuff. Huh. But during the Human Again song, we go have the Beast, and he's standing at the mirror with the comb, getting ready to you know fix himself up for their date. Like next to the like the comb, somebody wrote like "Come Alive," and so. You know, they were trying to decide which things were going to be alive and which weren't. Ooh. I love the creative process of things like this. It's so cool. It is. Let me see. Da, 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 da. So this obviously was back when Human Again was first in the movie. And like you pointed out, it had a lot more of like the time, the seasons changing and time passing. And the and lyrics the and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And so we get a lot of the, the visuals that went along with that here in the screenplay. Um, they were... Playing hide and seek in a maze and scaring each other. And... Wait a second. I thought we were talking about the ballroom scene. Yeah, yeah we're getting to it. Oh, my goodness. You went so far back. <laughs> I know, but it's so good. So she gets back from playing with the beast in the gardens. And the wardrobe's like, had a good romp, did we? And Belle laughs and nods her head. And the wardrobe's like, if I didn't know any better, I'd think you might actually be having a good time here with us. And Belle says... I guess I am. You know, I think everything might be all right. If only. Yes, if only. And Belle's like glancing out the window. So we start to get some of that like, hey, she's she's missing something here. Mm. So then Beast comes up to her door on the outside of it, of her room. And he's about to knock and he hears them talking. And then we hear, we hear Belle and she says, if only I could see my father again, even just for a moment. And so it introduces it a lot earlier. Interesting. And so, you know, the wardrobe in, in, in the original screenplay had a music box that was kind of like the chip of of the movie and i'm pretty sure the music box couldn't talk but they kind of look at each other like oh we're sad for you but we can't do anything <laughs> and so you know bell's like oh i miss him so much and so beast hears that and he backs away with a thoughtful expression mm. 
so I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in here just read a little bit it says shriveled petals litter the base of the vase only a few remain clinging to the rose beast strides into the room and picks up the enchanted mirror beast the father show me Belle's father the mirror shimmers as we dissolve to the cottage uh its rustic cheer has deteriorated into shabbiness the scrawny chickens peck half-heartedly at crumbs in the overgrown yard Maurice's invention still sits outside rusting and abandoned the cottage is covered in maps they fill the walls with markings arrows red lines and x's to show maurice's failed attempts to find the castle his open bag sits on the table filled with the compass flask and traveling equipment a despondent maurice trudges up the stairs to bell's room and we see that the loss of his daughter has taken a serious toll on his health he's lost weight his hair is shaggy with more streaks of gray he has lines of weariness in his face despair fills his eyes he stops once racked with a deep retching cough interior of Belle's room. Her room is the only place in the house that has been kept neat and tidy. Maurice goes over to her library on the mantel where one of her books has fallen over. He lovingly pushes it back up and gazes around her room hopelessly. Oh, Belle, I can't find the castle. He pounds his fists on the mantel with helpless frustration. I've searched and I've searched. He grips the mantel, overcome with a fit of coughing, dissolved to the beast's lair. The beast frowns as he gazes at Maurice in the mirror's reflection. He glances at the door struggling with his own demons he shakes his head finally and replaces the mirror on the table and then it jumps to gaston and lefou going to the the looney bin the asylum blah 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 we can skip that part. oh poor maurice i really like that <laughs> yeah and then uh we cut to the forest true to his word maurice hasn't given up the search for the castle loaded down with a heavy pack he trudges up a hill in, in the thick woods but his weariness and weakened health make every step an exhausting effort i've searched the whole area but maybe there's something i missed a coughing fit seizes him he loses his balance and stumbles backwards his foot slips off the side of a steep bluff he falls but manages to grab a low-hanging branch he struggles desperately to pull himself back up but he doesn't have the strength his frail fingers slip off and he tumbles down the steep bluff all the way to the bottom where his fall is broken by the icy waters of a rushing stream maurice moans he tries to lift himself but falls back into the water he tries again and barely manages to get to his knees bruised soaked and filthy he grabs onto a boulder and with a great effort he pulls himself to his feet he staggers forward a few steps but his knees buckle and he falls he lays there for a few seconds gasping for air as he pulls himself up again we wipe to the beast castle in the evening we close in on the rose and it's only got one leaf left. That's starting to droop. Okay, can I say that Maurice definitely sounds a lot more close to dying than the one that we see in the movie? <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, he left his house and like went in the woods and we see him fall down. And this is all like, man, he's been searching and searching and searching and sick. And now he's just like fell down a hill. And you or see a bluff. him mourning for her and like, yeah. Man. I like, I like how it describes you know, visually a lot more the search that he's been going through, that mm -hmm. this has been a long, tedious, ongoing process and not just he went out one night. Right, yeah. And then, uh, I mean, this one has the music box in it. So it, it kind of, it happens in a lot different way that they're, they're eating dinner and then they end up going to dance uh, a little differently. And so they're dancing around and Belle teaches Beast how to dance, which I'm not a fan of. The one, two, three, one, two, three. Oh, now you can dance. Mm, yeah, I don't like that. And then we hit the tales little time. So it says that the music's playing off in the distance and the music box wanders through the hallway and he's all dejected because the piano took over for the song and he, he didn't get to play the song. So he's wandering through the hallway and then he sees a flicker of light from the mirror and then he goes into the beast's lair and he looks 
And there's Maurice, limping, coughing, barely able to drag himself up the stairs of the cottage. He stumbles in the door, takes two steps, and collapses. The music box is horrified at Maurice's dire condition. Oh no! Cut to the ballroom. The objects are swaying with the music, exchanging blissful glances. Belle and Beast twirl to a standstill in the middle of the room. The music trails off, but they don't pull apart. The objects lean forward. This is the moment. There's absolute silence as time itself seems to hold its breath. Belle. She lifts her eyes to meet his. The feeling surges up in him and he finds the courage to say the words. I. Jangling loudly, music box flies into the room, running as hard as his little legs will carry him. He's clearly in great distress. What is it? What's wrong? Music box pulls on her skirt, trying to move her toward the door. Belle looks at the beast with confusion and alarm. I'll be right back. She sweeps hey, music I box up in her arms. I already don't like this. Uh-uh. <laughs> I already, I don't like it. I do not like it. Uh, no. Mm-mm. Why not? Because, sorry to interrupt you, but I can't listen to any more of that. <laughs> um, okay, first of all, okay, I like seeing more of what Maurice has been through, but I do not like the beast knowing about it and then ignoring it and not mm. saying anything to her, first of all. And I don't like yeah. the go back and forth between the music box seeing what's in the mirror and then back so it's like the dance music box sees what's in the mirror then back to the dance and the music box comes and interrupts their moment and then like mm, no 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 yeah i guess that's true it really you you wouldn't be able to enjoy like their moment as much if you're keep going back and forth to being like oh yeah remember maurice is over here dying in the woods yeah no that that would have been awful that would have been really bad good point no (laughs) but i mean i think they could have added more Maurice's stuff in there somehow. Yeah. I mean, even if she didn't get to see it all, still could have seen a little bit more of it. I mean, what we do see of him putting the scarf or whatever it is in his pocket and then leaving (laughs) and then getting it caught in the door. I mean, that wasn't a whole lot. Yeah. But Well, in this one, she has kind of a different reaction as well. Like she sees the mirror and she sees her dad um, and he's like, Belle. And she, you know, is like, Papa, Papa. And Beast is like, he can't hear you. And then she whirls around with pain and accusation in her eyes. You had this all along. You could have let me see him. You're right. I should have shown you. I'm sorry. He may be dying and he's all alone. Yeah, I don't like it. No, it's awful. Then then, then Beast has the, okay, I'm about to be turned into a beast forever, but you must go to him. So, I mean, that catches us up in the screen in the screenplay to where we are in the movie. Oh my goodness. I did did like how this one was like, she was like, wait, 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 you had this all along? (laughs) Well, except I'm not saying I would have, I would have liked this in the movie, but I like, you know, seeing a little bit of, of that side of, okay, it could have gone another way. Yeah, it could have, it totally could have gone a completely different way and it would have been awful. (laughs) So glad it didn't. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my goodness. How interesting. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty, like you said, it's cool to see what they were originally working off of and then kind of tie it together to how they got to the end that we ended up, you know, seeing and and being coming familiar with. Yeah. And it's really exciting to be part of that process and to be part of, you know, we're creating something and let's try it this way. And okay, we like this, but we don't like that. So let's let's change this one little thing and see how that works. And then you finally, like, through collaboration, come to something that's really amazing and wonderful. Yeah. 
Yep. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. Ah, uh, makes me wish I had been like alive and able to be there when they were. I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, man, how come I wasn't like born 20 years oh. earlier and like been able to be part of making this movie? <laughs> Because you have other things you need to do with your life. Like, talk about this movie right now for all of our listeners. <laughs> uh, yeah, I suppose. I suppose. Uh, who would have done it if not us? <laughs> right? Uh, I'm sure someone would have. Probably the Dorowskis. Who? The Dorowskis. The, uh, oh, the ones over at Dane? Yeah, the Disney yeah. Animation Movie Essentials crew that are doing this, but with all the other Disney movies. I mean, I'm sure they're going to do Beauty and the Beast eventually. Right. Uh, I think I think they just wrapped up Little Mermaid. So but we beat them to the punch. They probably would have done it. Yeah. I was like, Psh, I'm not starting at the beginning. Try and think of some new ideas now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but really, I mean, you can do it. It's cool. We like you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you're listening to this. <laughs> probably not. Probably not. <laughs> But anyway. Okay. Well, that's all I got. Me too. For minute 63 of Beauty and the Beast. So good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, so much for listening and for supporting us, for subscribing, for sharing this podcast with your friends and your family and your grandma and your aunt and your niece <laughs> and, you know, just everyone. We appreciate it. We appreciate you. If you are interested in contacting one of us, you can contact me at JanaeHyatt.com and I will get any messages that you send me through the website. And if you would like to talk to Bobby, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? You can find me on the growlermedia.com website. You can send me an email there or go to the bios page and I have links to all my social medias. I usually don't promote that stuff because I don't put a lot like on Twitter and Instagram and the stuff I usually put is like, hey, look, I made some food or look at my kids. But, you know, if you want to see that kind of stuff, uh, you can find the links to all my social medias on the Growler Media website. And I'm just very anti-social media these days because I live in the boonies and don't have internet. So I probably won't answer you if you contact me on Facebook. <laughs> just being real here. But yes, so you can contact either one of us. A very special thank you to Duo Hansen for our music. And if y'all want to hear some more of them, they've got lots of awesome songs on YouTube. And thank you to Megan the Cartoonist for our cover art. It's beautiful. It's amazing. I'm very impressed. It is. With Every time I look at it, I'm like, man, that's so awesome. I know. I'm like, what? That's me and Bobby. Well, and, and I love how she, I mean, she put us as Lumiere and Cogsworth with like the microphone, but then she just did like the, the edge of Belle and Beast, yeah. like their leg and, and dress. And it's like, okay, you see that it's Beauty and the Beast, but it's not like obviously Belle and Beast. I mean, it is obvious, but you know, it's, it's not blatant in your face. Yeah. Like, hey, this is Beauty and the Beast. It's like... They're there and we're talking about them, <laughs> but it's not just about them. Ah, it's so good. See, art is wonderful. We love it. It is. So that's all I've got. All right. Then until next time, if you want to talk to us, there is a way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was supposed way. to be a lot cooler. <laughs> there is a way. Uh, find us on social medias. Beastly Minute. See you guys. <laughs> Bye, <-a. laughs>
Wow, something is really different on a growler. I don't know how to say what I want to say without sounding weird. Glenn Keane, the legendary. Ah, Glenn Keane. I want adventure in the great white somewhere. Oh, well, I mean, there is this one thing that kind of is making me sad. Bring back to us. Bring back to us. À la prochaine fois! What? It's French. It's French, Janae. This is a French movie. Yeah. Les poissons! Les poissons! Oh, I love les poissons! Oh, I love little succulent crabs! That's, that guy's French, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, just when making I was in, sure. Uh, when I was in my French class, that was like the first moment when you feel cool. Like, when I learned Spanish, the first time I felt cool was when I could understand the cucaracha song. <laughs> and the first time I felt cool when I was learning French was when I realized what that he, was, he saying? was saying, yeah, like, the fish, the, the fish. fish, how I love the, the fish. I just love that song. <laughs> I, I'll do that song at karaoke's. <laughs> so fun <laughs> <laughs> I'm keeping your bones